1: Forever! Dog!
2: Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder. Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charles Cosmos, so Dudes,
3: every little dude. All the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. jamie lee and rose cerno i'm jamie lee and i'm rose cerno and this is couldn't Couldn't
2: help help but wonder a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us us. hello my jamie
3: hi rosita how are you who were you this week believe it or not Ooh, believe it or not I was a bit of a Miranda in okay. that I feel like Miranda is the one who just knows how to like chill at home more than any of the other girls Ooh, you she, know? Does. she does she does she watches TiVo she eats brownies she puts her hands in those gloves um Ugh, love it yeah that what are they I forget what she calls them the gloves that have like the them. gel in them Vaseline um, yeah 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 exactly she Vaselines her hands mm-hmm. um And yeah, I just feel like I've been watching so much television. I'm like, actually, I've gotten to the point with this quarantine where I'm just like disgusted with my way of life. And I completely, completely, I'm so sick of it. I'm like, you know, we've talked about the roller coaster of like, okay, quarantine hits. We all freak out. Everyone is feeling traumatized, stressed, doesn't know what to do with themselves. Frozen, can't work, can't do anything. And then we all were like, okay, maybe we kind of get the hang of us. And we all start, like, baking and, like, you know, FaceTiming and Zooming. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And now I'm
3: just back to, like, flat out, like, get me out of this. It's so I depressing. I I am it's so, so depressed. I am so bored. <laughs> I am, like, losing my mind. I've watched so much television. Thank God TV is amazing right now. I because know. It's true. I've watched a lot, and I still have more to watch. <laughs> like, I'm not even done. I haven't even run out. That's but so the it's notion so of that is so depressing. Before I was talking to you just now, I was watching Hamilton. Before that, I was watching The Babysitters Club. Before that, oh, I was so watching Unsolved watch. Mysteries. It never oh my fucking ends. I know it's gross. I I spent like I literally watched thirty
2: six hours of Love Island UK, <laughs> and honestly, it felt like just like what you're saying. It felt like eating a delicious drive-through burger like it was really delicious at the time but like now I'm like disgusted with myself no I
3: feel so gross and my brain is mush I tried to read a book I like couldn't I don't think I can no I don't (laughs) think I can read anymore no I think I forgot how to read I I I think I I, like reversed my literacy what did you say you fall asleep yeah
2: I open a book and I'm like snoozing within seconds.
3: Uh, yeah, I can't read at night for that reason, which is like oh the best God. time to read also because you're like in bed and it's cozy. But yeah, no, I try to read first thing in the morning. I can't do it anymore. I don't know how to read.
2: I did some good reading at the top of this. Um uh, mm. I think I just need to buy some better books because I'm
3: reading a couple boring books, but there's a couple really juicy ones, and I think as soon as I get them, I'll be right back. Okay, in. tell me what to read because I thought I was reading a juicy one, and it is good. It's really good. In any other circumstance, I would be into it. I started reading Severance. Have you read that?
2: That, that sounds, sounds boring.
3: Hard. Yeah. Okay, it does. True. True. That sounds the title, hard. But it's good. that sounds hard. No, it's no. good. And it's and not I, about but good, I can't Jamie. stay in it. juicy. No. I think I need, like, Harlequin, like, he ripped my corset off with his teeth and, like, jizzed on my chest on a pirate ship. Like, I think that's the level I need right now.
2: If there's no jizz and pirates within the first page. No, within the
3: first page.
2: No. That's what I'm saying. No, no, it can't be a book that was, like, when I think about my ancestors... That's too boring. No, I can't hear
3: about ancestors. I can't hear about no childhood. I can't hear about no. how green the grass was or how tall the trees were. I can't hear how no. the birds chirped or the mosquitoes buzzed. I can't hear anything about time. nature. No, this would be a great time for like a like Drew Barrymore memoir or something about like Hollywood I would 90s. I kill yeah. For, or like another Tory Spelling book. I think yeah. she's put out at least six at this point. She's quite prolific as an author, actually.
2: I feel like, like, The Fall of Lindsay Lohan is a book I could really read. Oh you could even God. call it reading. I'm
3: dying for, yeah, I'm dying for just like a great memoir. I don't know. I don't even know. I know. Yeah. You're I, just, I started, you just hit a wall. I've just hit a wall. I just feel like, um, I feel flaccid, like my whole, my brain is flaccid, my body's flaccid, like I just feel like a lump. You're a noodle. I'm a noodle. <sighs> yeah, you're a pool noodle. Oh my God.
2: You're an like, like overcooked like an overcooked Not
3: like a fun like al dente noodle, like a shit like dissolves into paste noodle because it cooked too yeah. long.
2: Yeah, you're like an off-brand like pool
3: noodle that like doesn't keep you afloat. Oh my God, that has like holes in it. <laughs> I know it's like a waste Uh, of money. I just want to pass away. Oh,
2: Jamie! (laughs) I know, really, but I just feel like I'm like
3: in hospice.
2: No, it's horrible. It's really boring.
3: Yeah, it's really boring. Um, How are you? Who are you? Tell me things. Well,
2: I'm not going to talk about my back because I'm sick of talking about it. So I'm going to have a more like a more just a different version. So okay, I'm going to say backless, that I was sh-
3: a backless. Yeah.
2: Forget my back. My back is great. Okay, okay. Um, I was Charlotte this week because I feel like Charlotte is very good at being like proper and having a lot of boundaries with guys. Like Charlotte's very much like, no, we can't do that. And you know, I think she's good at yes. making her boundaries. Yes. And Sometimes I, too um, good. yeah, I mean, she can go a little too far, yeah. but I think she definitely <laughs> doesn't have a problem being like, I don't stand you know. for this. Yes, yes. Yes, totally. So I think I've gotten like better and better at dating during COVID. Um, but I had a really nice, fun conversation with like a really cute British guy yesterday. And he's very funny. And we laughed Aww. a lot. And he lives in Hermosa Beach. And I've been recuperating at my mom's house in Manhattan Beach. It's five minutes away from each other. And we were going to take a walk, um, like a social distance walk outside. Yeah. But my mom is like very, very scared of COVID because she's diabetic and, you know, people with diabetes are 12 times more likely to die and she's over 60. And so, you know, even me being here is like very intense for her and I'm very Mm. like grateful. And I was going to go on a walk with this guy, but he had a pretty social weekend. Like Mm. he ate at a restaurant, like alfresco. And then on 4th of July, he went to like a gathering on a rooftop. And I just decided that I just can't see him while I'm staying at my mom's house. I just feel like she's so careful and it would be so yeah. disrespectful to her to spend time with somebody
3: Ugh, who's so really,
2: ex- yeah. And he seems like a great guy. Yeah. If I was living by myself, I would do it, but sure. I can't justify spending time with somebody who's clearly doing things that are sort of more high risk and then coming back into my mom's house. I just don't sure. think it's respectful. So I was a little intimidated to change the plan because we were supposed to go on a walk today. But I just texted him and I was very honest. And I just told him that I'll be back at my house, you know, next weekend. I'm going to spend one more week at my mom's house just trying to get better. And um, I told him we could FaceTime. And then when I'm back at my own place, I'm happy to see him. And I wasn't sure how he'd react, you know, and he was just completely understanding. And he was like, of course, no problem. Let's Uh. talk on the phone tonight. So... I'm glad that I made my boundaries and and it's hard, but at the end of the day, my mom's always going to come before some random guy I don't know.
3: Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, that's like I'm proud of you. That's good. Yeah. And I'm glad that he. I mean, it would be so weird if he wasn't amenable to that. You would be surprised. But what can you say if you're like, I just want to make sure my mom's safe. (laughs) Like he's going to be like, what the fuck? That would be the worst. (laughs) He would. I know. Um, But I really want a noodle. noodle. (laughs) You hardly know me. I'm British. I live in Hermosa. (laughs) I'm
0: being social. You You gotta hang out with
3: me. (laughs) I love rooftops. I
2: have to say, (laughs) I watched an entire. I eat al fresco. I know. I have to say, he's the only person I know who's going to restaurants. Like, I just can't imagine the like how that could even be fun. Like somebody in like a full like hazmat suit serving you. So, anyway, Jamie, I totally relate to your annoyance. I mean, I've been laying down and watching hours and hours of TV, and it's, you know, it's COVID is just so goddamn boring. I can't even stand it.
3: I'm proud of us for making it this far because when you really think about it, you're like, whoa, it's July. Like, we've been doing this since. How long have we been doing know, this? Uh, I Mid-March. mean, it, it, yeah, it started, I would say, around March, at least for LA, like around March 12th. Um, so, yeah. Wild, man. It's uh, it's really weird to think that we've been doing this for that long, but it's also scary to be like, we could keep doing it like we actually do know how to keep doing Mm -hmm. this. And that's even scarier that we're acclimating is the scary part, because then when it goes back to normal, are we going to be like kind of agoraphobic or I don't know. I think people are going to be so happy to be out and about. I'm just like, I can't even. I think even... so. I did go to a restaurant this weekend.
2: Oh my um, God. Did you enjoy it? Was it fun?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's sad. Cause like it, I went to mustard seed, which is in our neighborhood. They only have like yeah. three tables and they're all, right. they're outside. They're so far away from each other. Like it's barely a restaurant. Right. So I but was I mean, kind of, it fun? was a little sad. Not really. It was fine. Yeah, that's what I'm
2: saying. It's like, it was like something to do. It? it was just something right. to
3: do. And, and right. it was fine. It was fun to eat food that I didn't make. And like, you didn't that have to do the dishes? Yeah, yeah, I didn't have to do the dishes. And also, like, you know, restaurant food obviously has a lot of, like, things in it that you don't know <laughs> about that you would never cook with. You know, just, like, more oil mm. and stuff. So it just tasted incredible. Like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, it tasted yeah. incredible. It was, like, saltier and butterier. butterier, yeah. butterier. Yeah. And, yeah, that part was, like, very satisfying. <laughs> um, what did you have? I just had like a, a tofu scramble with like black mm. beans and cheese and avocado. And yeah. yeah. And that was another thing where I was like, oh, I could totally make this at home. And that made me kind of sad because I was like, That's oh, true. no, I've gone I've become that person. It's like, I can make this at home. Like, why am well, I eating it? Well, after
2: quarantine, a- it's like everyone can basically make like a seven layer cake at
3: this oh, point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm basically <laughs> running like momofuku out of my kitchen at this point. Like, I know my shit. So I'm like steak
2: as a vapor. Done.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like broccoli ice cubes. Yeah. like When they do the little like foam at fine dining restaurants, I'm like, I feel like I'm very close to knowing how to make that foam.
2: Wait, literally, we're going to have
3: to be like cooking with dry ice to like mix it up these days. Anyway, shall we jump in? Yeah, let's jump in. Guys, anyone who's new to this podcast, it is a Sex in the City podcast. Just takes us a minute to get there. But today we are going to be talking about season four, episode 13, The Good Fight. Rose, take it away.
2: Thank you very much. I have to say, listeners, we're getting uh, into that territory of uh, Carrie being a major C word, I must say. Yeah. This is where it starts to get dicey. This yeah, is where our character whole starts to get complex. like
3: oh yikes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, she's an interesting character and we're definitely going to have a lot to say. Yeah. So the episode kicks off with Aiden formally moving into Carrie's. His mountain of shit is blocking her bathroom. It's blocking her halls. It's very claustrophobic. Imagine a tiny New York apartment with just boxes everywhere. And Carrie is okay with it until they close the deal on the apartment next door. They're planning on combining the two units so the extra junk is just temporary but there's a problem
1: a plant The man brought a living thing into my apartment. I don't do plants. I kill everything I bring in there. You said yes to moving in. The guy moved in. But he's taking over whole areas. This is why I've never lived with a man. This and the fact that I want them out an hour after I climax. You let them stay a whole hour? You'd be surprised how many are ready to go again after a quick catnap. And there's no walls, you know. There's nowhere to hide. As soon as I walk in the door, he's all up in my face with, Who'd you see? Where'd you go? Who'd you meet? What do you know? What I know is... I need time to decompress, just be alone. But Carrie, there are gonna have to be some adjustments. Relationships are hard. You guys, I miss walking into my apartment with no one there and it's all quiet. And I can do that stuff you do when you're totally alone, things you would never want your boyfriend to see you do. Like masturbate? My SSB, my secret single behavior. Like, I like to make a stack of saltines. I put grape jelly on them. I eat them standing up in the kitchen, reading fashion magazines. Why standing up? Oh, it's weird, but it just feels great. I like to put Vaseline on my hands and put them in those Borghese conditioning gloves while watching infomercials. Before I was married, I used to study my pores in a magnifying mirror for an hour each night. But I'm afraid Trey will just think it's weird. Well, he would. You can't do that stuff in front of men. What about you, Lolita? Anything you do, you wouldn't want a man to see? No. You know I believe her. Can I just say?
3: Tell me. Their secret single behavior is so fucking lame. I'm like, I would do all of that stuff in front of not even someone I'm that close to. (laughs) Well, eating like a weird food eating combination doesn't seem embarrassing. Also, it's crackers with jelly, which is like a normal snack. Normal. It's not like she's like, okay, I kind of have this quirk where I squeeze mustard onto ice cream and top it off yeah. with, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, you leave
0: it outside. Yeah, yeah I leave it, it outside
3: in the rain and then I dip my tits in it and then I read my fashion <laughs> dip magazine. dip my tits in it is like. I like. can't...
0: And I can't and I do that, that with a partner. You just around. can't
3: do that with someone watching you. But you're like, no, girl. You eat a snack while standing up. So does everybody. I have to say that, like, that conversation
2: was one of the most like Cosmo magazine articles. Like my SSBs, super single behaviors. It's totally. just totally. Kind of like, it kind of like you know, it's 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 always fun. The show is always fun. But I used to write for Cosmo, and it was a fun experience. But a lot of the articles they would assign to me and make me write were things that were just not true that nobody does. Like, like I'll never forget the Halloween sex positions I had to do. And it's like, they just come up with trends that aren't real. They're just in right. people's minds. They just need to fill the pages. Right. And like super single behaviors. But I mean, they're... That- I could see that that is a thing. Like I pick my face. That's not something I would do in front of a partner. That's my Maybe point. A husband I, I would. But. I wish
3: they would go the distance with it because this is such an honest show. And I get it. I guess Miranda's like, it's more like, that's I think pretty mellow. It's mellow, the, it's mellow but it's also like secret single behavior. It started as being this thing. At least it, I guess I thought the conversation was going to be like, there are just certain things you like can't do when someone else is around, and I thought That's it was like masturbating. Be... I would think exactly. More like that. I'm like, aside from masturbating and like, I don't know, taking a shit with the door open, like not yeah, to be yeah. disgusting. But I'm like, yeah. what? What are these things that? you But here's the thing, Jamie. You've been in... you? Yeah, you've been
2: in a long relationship. How long have you been? damn, been together? Ten years, top to bottom. Okay, these women, despite their age, really feels like they have never really been in long term relationships. So like you know yeah. this was also um, maybe
3: it was also like of the time like you know back then it was like there are just certain things you like can't do around guys cuz they can't handle it and now it's i feel like the conversation is more like you can't be with someone who like can't handle all parts of you but that was not the conversation in the early 2000s
2: i agree but i also truly think that as much as they date they really don't any of them don't really seem like they've ever been in a real adult relationship where they live with People like they're in their mid to deep thirties, and I just don't get that feeling from them. So I yeah. also think that they're like worries of like I couldn't possibly let someone see that is truly what, just yes they haven't been with someone long enough. It's like yeah, like I'm like oh I pick my face, but like probably if I was with someone long enough, I'd pick my face in front of them. Like you kind of do everything in front of someone after a while. It seems honestly,
3: yeah. Also, I think they're being very. If did you remember? I think it was the first season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel where. After she had, like, after they had sex or whatever, I I might be misremembering this, but I think it was, like, they slept together, and then, like, they went to bed together. It was, like, her and Joel. And then she gets up and goes to the bathroom and, like, basically, like, makes up her face and then gets back in bed, so she looks pretty in that's the morning yeah, that's yeah. kind of what this felt like a little bit to me totally it was a, that's a good it was a reference. little 1950s late 50s yeah
2: that's a good point yeah I, didn't I agree. feel that
3: modern the picking the face in the mirror yeah you're not going to do that when other people are around I get that I but mean then, I hope I don't but to, to eat a snack in the kitchen I was like I'm pretty sure Aiden will still be with you if he catches you eating crackers with some jelly on it like he doesn't seem like the shallow type and also that is nothing like to hide I just it was odd to me
2: yeah, it's It was a not a like, defined,
3: it didn't feel defined.
2: Yeah, it was very like girls are like this and boys yes, can't see it. But exactly. I also think, you know, it might also be not like just another reframing is maybe they're not saying like I can't do this in front of someone because they'll be disgusted, but it's also it kind of like, like you don't the, want to. It's like these are things that I enjoy by myself. Like, Yes, like Miranda, I wish
3: that's what they had said. It felt like yeah. they were talking about shame, but they're not right. Yeah, Right, exactly, because it kind of feels like with Miranda's it's like, Miranda just
2: enjoys, like, putting her hands in Vaseline and sitting in front of the TV. That felt very like, relatable
3: to me. I, that was, like, such yeah, a great specific. Yeah, and I can understand
2: not wanting to do that with a dude, like, yeah, just for yeah. pleasure's sake. Just totally, wanting to have, totally. like, your
3: own, you know, moment with that. Yeah, but then I feel like Carrie um, turned it into this, like, men can't handle it. And it's like, yeah, they can. She's,
2: she's being very, it's interesting, because, like. There's this idea that like high maintenance girls are kind of sexy, like popular girls are high maintenance. Mm -hmm. And there's this idea, I think, in pop culture that like if she's high maintenance, she's worth it because you have to work for it and stuff. Yeah. And there's something girly about it. And so she's being very high maintenance right now. And like her being like, she bought a she brought a plant. It's very like a cranky, spoiled girl or something.
3: She's so spoiled this season. That is such a perfect descriptor.
2: Yeah, it's just unrelatable because it's like, well, you, I mean, there's just some immaturity thing happening because it's like, well, yeah, if you're living with somebody, they're going to bring all of their stuff. And you've brought this up before, like whether she's an only child or not, because it's like maybe she's just really having a hard time sharing. I mean, she's really, you know, she's really used to being single. She's really used to having her own space. And I think that's really hard for some people to share. I do.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I I will give a little bit of a benefit of the doubt in that New York apartments are so small. And yeah. even if you have a quote-unquote nice one, it's like,
1: a what does that shit. mean? Yeah. Like,
3: they have to knock down the wall between another apartment just to make it, like, livable. Totally. They basically, like, couldn't do this if they didn't have the second apartment. I so, mean, also... It would make, you know,
2: she's being such a raging bitch in this episode. But to be fair, to be fair, if you were working full time from home and you lived in a minuscule apartment and you had a big guy who's 6'2 and all his stuff in there and you had to do that for four weeks. I mean, I'd lose my fucking mind. Oh, no, I would
3: definitely lose my mind. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think that that is a great point because Carrie is it is also it is also it's also understandable. Um. Yeah. And I think like when I yeah. moved in, cause I was living in Brooklyn, when Dan and I first started dating, I was living in Brooklyn and I had the worst apartment. It was such a bad apartment and I hated going home. Um, but Dan lived on 34th and 9th in like, you know, a modest building, but it still had like a doorman and it was in the city. So I would stay there way more than he stay in Brooklyn. Yeah. And like, eventually I ended up moving into his, we just shared his bedroom. Like we just ended up. Like living in his bedroom, and then his best friend was in the room next to us. And we had like a really fun, cute living situation, but it was such close quarters. I mean, it's when I look back on that, I'm like, oh my God, like I cannot believe I moved all my stuff into Dan's teeny tiny little room. And it was one of those like converted rooms. Like technically, it was a one bedroom that was made into a two bedroom. It was so little. Yeah. We had that's like no thing. living room. We had no kitchen. We barely had a bathroom. Like it was the teeniest, tiniest thing you've ever seen. Well, I thought that, um, you know, we
2: just see her being so bitchy and Aiden's so chill that she comes off really bad. But now that we're talking about it, it's like Aiden's the kind of person that could like live like literally in a porta potty and probably be fine. So she seems a lot more hectic than he does, but it would be very, to be fair, she comes on really strong and she's being kind of mean, but. I can understand if I worked from
3: home and didn't have a lick of space that it would put me on edge big time. I know. I'm like Carrie. You gotta find a coffee shop that works for you. And this is pre we work. This is pre. You know, you get an office somewhere. This was like you either work at home or you
0: go to a. She, well, she has that line about it where she like she's judgmental about people who use coffee shops. What like did she when she I don't
3: remember that.
0: When we get to the the question of the episode, her whole thing is like. Um, she used to think that like everybody who went to go write in a coffee shop was kind of a poser, basically like putting so on airs a little so bit. Funny. And so funny. um, and then she like comes to sympathize with them when she's like, "Oh, I guess they're all just in arguments with their significant Which others." Which is funny. Are, yeah. Like that's yeah, really it's great.
3: Funny.
2: Okay, but yeah, that's
0: like what the what what the cover is for that. There. You
2: know, they're kind of a yin yang. They're kind of like Miranda and Steve. It's like Aiden could like live in that tiny, squishy shitty apartment probably for like two years and be like, "It's all good." Like. He's kind of, he has no sense of urgency about
3: anything. He's kind of like fine with everything. Right. And I think it makes Carrie feel more
2: neurotic
3: by default. I understand
2: both sides. There's probably times where it's nice and probably times where it's like,
3: come on, you've got to know this is like unbearable. Right. Well, that's why she gets so excited when he like, he's like, I hate this. She's like, you hate it? Oh, thank God.
0: It's also this funny. That was the um, cutest moment. Yeah, that was great. It's it, it that was really good, but it's also this this sort of um dynamic that happens when like your partner has a lot of money and and like is kind of not not uh that upfront with it, but it like it eases everything. Like Aiden can buy the sep- the second That's apartment. True. I to love how Aiden's like shadily
3: down. so rich. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's he's just like, I can like buy he an doesn't
3: apartment right now. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, OK. You, a, you, you have apparently have man? millions in the bank suddenly. OK, yeah.
0: He's like easygoing because he's and like, you have a house in the woods. No, like, yeah. <laughs>
3: Skylar, It's also
2: just his vibe because it's like, yeah, most people I would fucking freak. I I I've always lived in small places, but I keep them so minimal because I hate clutter and I hate feeling overwhelmed in a space. I would not do well with boxes and having trouble opening my door.
3: Oh my God. I would feel the same way. Also, I don't know why that reminds me of this, but a couple of years ago, I had to do stand-up in um Omaha, Nebraska. And downtown in Omaha, they're known for their antique stores. And I was like, that is so cool. Mm. I can't wait to go antiquing. That's something I never do. And I went to like their most famous one. It was like an antique mall. And it literally, it just dawned on me. I was like, oh, antique shops are just hoarding. It's just hoarding that you can pay for. It's so like you walk in, like in and it's like, yeah, there's yeah. like a bike wheel, you know, underneath a bookshelf, you know, with like an old doll staring at you. It was just like that's so fucking stressful. chaotic. <laughs> it was so stressful. I got out of there immediately and the rest of the weekend I was like, what do I do in Omaha? Like I did no. the thing. I hated the thing. I'm never going back to that place. Yeah. I want to there. that's like, what it reminded me of when she was like tr- surfing through the boxes. I was like, oh my God, it's like living in an antique store. I want David Rose from Schitt's
2: Creek to go into an antique store and like remove everything and just keep four items.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's glorified hoarding. Okay, girl. Yes. Uh, is it, are you taking us back here? I'm taking us back. Okay. Okay, great. So, Samantha gets a call from her boss, Richard. They've been sleeping together since the last episode, and Charlotte and Miranda want all the details. For some reason, Samantha's a little shy to share, but she does make one big announcement. Dick has the perfect dick. Also, the camera angles. I just watched this today. They do a close up on her hand. Yeah. Like long doing this long move. I amazing. It's so Is disgusting. It? It's so gross. I'm like, oh, they did an insert for that. They, did. Like, it's they so literally disgusting. were like, we got to get a close up on, on those. There are some like
0: choices in this episode. Everyone's oh, like kind of dialed yeah. to the nines. It's kind of oh, wild. Oh, yeah. No, this, well,
3: episode. this one was
2: written by Michael Patrick King, who you know, is a gay man. And I I feel like in his episodes, they're very penis centric. Yeah.
0: Did you guys notice the other big, big change in this episode? No. This is the first episode that aired after 9 11, and they oh. changed. Yeah, and they changed the um, opening credits where because the Twin Towers I are in the original opening credits, the opening credits. And now it's wow. uh, the Empire State Building. So there's like. Wow. Yeah, the, the last episode aired in August, and then this aired in January of uh, 2002. That and is so super like,
3: interesting. They came back real strong. This is like a. Yeah, this yeah, episode feels like a statement.
0: There's like one other thing they had to change in the episode because of the of uh the attacks which is wild like it it was like a very consequential thing for this episode obviously it was consequential for the show because it's a new york show but yes it it impacted this one in particular which is really interesting oh
2: that's
3: really interesting
2: well much less heavy but something that also needs to be noted and again i just watched it like a couple hours ago so the episode's really fresh in my head but in the first brunch scene where all the girls are sitting together miranda looks Stunning. Her makeup is amazing. Her hair looks gorgeous, and she's a Cynthia Nixon is is a stunning person. But she gets so badly styled sometimes. Yes, and I just needed to shout out that her beauty really shines. In her styling episode.
3: gets better as the show goes. At first, I feel like it was a character choice to not uh, to kind of keep her. I don't know if it was even her styling was bad. It was just really I thought it was conservative, and she's young, so it's like why are they dressing her so frumpy? But Will then I feel help? like she gets a lot more fun
0: they have so many storylines early on and I feel like they've dropped them a little bit where she where feels she like was the ugly a Debbie Downer. Yeah. Yes. And totally. now that's not quite the focus with her, which is right. kind of nice. And no, I think no, that definitely. that's reflected in the outfits for sure. That's a really good point. Yeah. I also think that true. she's
2: very beautiful, but she has like a look that can be made to look awkward easily. And so mm-hmm. she's the kind of person that benefits from really good styling. And so totally. when it's done, you're like, Oh, she's gorgeous. You know? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I feel like also season four, they they start to realize like, oh, we're like, we're trendsetters on this show. And like, we we're need to look changing amazing. the course of the fashion industry. We have to like keep it up. Yeah.
2: I okay. mean, I, I also think that the stylists took a cue from each of the people and like who they actually are. because Totally, totally. You know, like, I mean, eventually Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon comes out as a lesbian and her style was always a little more conservative, tomboyish. And you can look go- fabulous doing that. I just think that Episode to episode, you know? And Carrie looks pretty good. Also, they start to lighten her hair, too. I think Carrie looks really good when she has her, like, massive extension horsehair ponytail.
3: Yeah, it's so it's very fabulous. It's really
2: flattering on her. Yeah. So anyway, back at home, Charlotte tells Trey she wants to have the girls over. He's excited. The man loves to hang. But Charlotte shuts him down. She means just the girls. No Trey. Now that they aren't trying for a baby anymore, she has a lot of extra free time and she wants to fill it her way. Plus, she's very resentful at him for not being open to adoption. Trey tries to cheer her up with tickets to the producers, but it doesn't work.
3: Samantha heads to Richard's office where he is in the middle of playing hardball with some Germans over the phone. Samantha tells him how to say fuck you in German, and he hangs up. He also gives her quite the phallic rose, so she blows him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And Miranda heads out for a blind date with Walker Lewis. That's such a funny name. It's, it's such a like <laughs> <laughs> sexy Walker white man Walker as name. a
3: first name is, um, that's a choice. It's hysterical.
2: A State Department interpreter. They have a great time, but when he goes to grab some hip, she slaps him away. She's not ready for hip touching just yet. What with the whole being pregnant thing, but she really wants to sleep with him.
3: Carrie encourages to try fucking him next time they go out. Outside Carrie's place, Carrie runs into her elderly neighbor, Mrs. Cohen. She's still in the apartment Carrie and Aiden are planning on expanding into. Carrie helps her down the stairs, but she quickly wishes she didn't. Mrs. Cohen reveals she has no plans to move out soon. She yells at Carrie to read the contract if she's got a problem with that, then heads off.
2: I also love that Mrs. Cohen is wearing like a hilarious outfit and then tells Carrie that she looks ridiculous. I know. It's so good. That's such a funny New York character. Now that they're stuck with the box mountain for at least a few more weeks, Aiden convinces Carrie to do the unthinkable, reorganize and free up some space for him. When they start, he unearths a pair of shoes Carrie hasn't seen in years, which Pete quickly
0: destroys. It's a dog. What's he supposed to do? Oh, your shit lying around here.
1: My shit wouldn't be lying around if we weren't making room because your shit is lying around.
3: You got more shit lying around than I got lying around.
1: What? Look at this place. It's loaded with your shit. Just Just look at this bathroom. Look at all your shit in my bathroom. Who needs five almost empty speed stick deodorants? What are you, a crazy bag man?
0: They're different smells.
1: And, Musk, when have you ever worn Musk? I mean, look at this stuff. You got old razors, rogaine. Wait a minute. You used rogaine? I didn't know you It's needed. preventative. Is your hair falling? I don't want to talk about it! It seems it's not only women who have secret single behavior. This is my stuff. Don't
0: be going through my stuff.
1: You are more than happy to go through my stuff.
0: Oh, your stuff, your bathroom, you always do that. You never want to let me in.
1: I don't always do anything, and I have let you in. You're fighting with me
0: about a stupid fucking outfit.
1: Oh, shut up. It's Roberto Cavalli. I threw it away, and I love it. What more do you want?
0: Shut up! Shut up!
1: Yes, shut up!
0: Shut up, you're telling me to shut up.
1: Oh, please, just shut up! I am so sick of hearing you and talking, talking, talking all the time. Don't you ever just shut up?
0: I'm gonna take a walk.
1: No, 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 no. I'm taking a walk. You can stay here with your boxes of shit and your shoe eating dog and you can knock yourself out putting on the Rogaine and the speed stick. That's
3: hilarious. It's so funny. And they're acting like, I can't, it's so funny with, I'm curious what you guys think. Like the way John Corbett does it, it's almost like, there was a second where I was like, is he like the best actor ever? Or is this just like a happy accident the way this scene came together? Some of his lines are delivered so crazy. That I'm like, he's
0: amazing in this.
3: When he's like, I think he's oh, What great. is the line where he's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Like It's just like, I don't know how to describe it. It's but I'm like, I don't know if these are choices type. or if it's like actually kind of bad acting that just no. works in the context of this scene. I don't know. It's very funny to me. You know what's interesting? Way. It's so
2: easy it. to judge other couples and to judge relationships where, when you're on the outside because it's easy to look at this and be like, they don't belong together. She's a bitch. This is bad fighting. But come on. Has anyone been in a relationship where they don't have fights like this?
3: Oh, absolutely. Also, I think this like, is normal, honestly. And also underneath it, it's like all they're fighting about, they're just stressed because the apartment's so cramped. It's totally. like, that's the culprit of all of this. It's not like they're just being mean to be mean. They're totally. actually just not processing their stress of being in close quarters. That's what which I Which is think unnatural. That- it is unnatural the way people live in New York. It just is. Unless you're like you know, whatever, Mr. Wall Street, like most people in New York are just kind of like, you know, stuffed into a shoebox. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
2: I like it because it just felt real. It was like a hilarious argument. And it's also like in real life when you're like yelling at your partner, sometimes it is funny. Like sometimes later you're like, I can't believe I said that. Like,
3: and it's nice to watch a funny fight. Cause sometimes when you watch couples fight It's like traumatic TV. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's like not funny at all. You're like, oh, I've like been there and it's there's nothing to laugh at.
2: Have you ever said anything to Dan in a fight that was like literally so funny that it like broke the fight?
3: Oh. Yeah, I'm. I'm so bad when you ask me questions like this, because I know that it's happened, but I can't really think of an example.
2: That's such a fun thing to be like actually fighting and then say something so stupid that it ends the fight.
3: The worst, well, my favorite thing is like, yeah, I love in a fight when I feel like very articulate. Like, I'm so articulate in anger. And I'm, sometimes I have moments where I catch myself in the fight. I'm like, that was a good line.
0: <laughs> Gotta hang on to that. Oh my God,
3: that's hilarious. Like, hang on. Like, am like, I a poet? <laughs> I'm wait, an angry poet. Wait, that's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. I get very eloquent when I'm furious.
2: Oh my God. That's amazing. I feel like I it's a do gift. Not. It's that's, a gift and a curse. That's actually a great gift. Yeah. That really helps.
3: <laughs> um, what about you? Have you ever accidentally said something funny in a fight that like ended the that fight broke it? it? So I feel like that's stupid. such a TV trope, but I would, uh, and our listeners, if you have an example of this, please yeah, let us know. Instagram Cause I feel us. like it only exists on TV.
2: No, I think I've done it. I think I've, I've either done it or someone's done it to me. There have been things, but, but, but again, I I can't remember. It's like, there's been too many fights in my life to remember, but I like the idea of it.
3: Yeah. It's such a great. Yeah.
0: In this, my favorite just beat of John Corbett's just to, to highlight how wh- what he's bringing to the table here, yes, is when when he when carrie lifts up all of the deodorants and asks him why he has that many he's like they're different scents <laughs> just the whole defense that like they're i mean you don't understand
3: that doesn't it's even so feel good. like something his character would say it's a very like i i don't know if that's if this is even a pc term anymore but remember the term metrosexual yeah he's not metrosexual. oh yeah no but i mean like this feels like Kind of Metro like, to have a bunch yes. of different. Yes. Yeah, Ooh. that he has. I don't even believe he, like, wears, like, deodorant. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, like, shocked that Aiden wears deodorant. No, 100%. <laughs> it's also just, like,
2: I like Carrie even when she's unlikable and even though she is self-centered. But it is just, like, she has very low tolerance for other people because she wants to keep all of her stuff and she doesn't want him to go through any of her things. But then she has no tolerance for him keeping his stuff. It's like he has five deodorant, she has like seventy five thousand pairs of shoes. You know, it's like
3: yeah. And you know, you just made me. This is why I was like, I gotta say this because it reminds me like there is something about living in New York that puts everything on your terms. Because like you don't really hang out in your apartment. You don't really like invite people over. No, like, you don't you invite them to like stay the night. But you don't invite them over for like a dinner no. party or like just to hang out. Mm-hmm. So it it's interesting because it it makes me realize like. New York, New York living kind of lends itself to you, like creating your own terms and sort of living selfishly, however you want, because if you want to socialize, you can meet like wherever, you know, mutually agreed upon location outside of your house. Like your house really is your sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And when you leave, that's when you go meet up with your friends, but that's always on your terms. Like whenever you're available, whenever they're available, like it's very agreed upon. And this is the first time that someone is just in Carrie's space in like a real way. And I think that that is kind of hard to do. I
2: also think if you are going to move in with someone and you're annoyed that their stuff is in everywhere, you could make some space
3: for their stuff. Like, Oh, a hundred percent. I feel like, but I feel like Carrie is the extreme in this situation. She's like an extreme New Yorker in that way. And I feel like this is the first moment where it's dawned on her That like no one has ever she's never had to share her space ever. Well, I think the thing is, I don't think Carrie is a black
2: and white character, because even though she's self-centered and it's really and she's spoiled, she's also a very loving friend and she's a very loving person and she's warm. Um, I think that this is just very, very hard for her. And I also think that when you get to her age and you're used to just bopping around and being single and you're used to just making things just how you want it, I do think. I've never lived with someone, but I'm sure after having lived alone now for six years that when I do, it will be an adjustment and, and I will, it will be
3: hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. I mean, like even. It's if, really, really hard. Even course. now I'm like, I've lived with someone for a long time and I'm like, it the adjustments don't stop.
2: I would imagine. I mean, I love, yeah. I love companionship and I love being in a relationship, but I'm also really used to having things just so, you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. Even when,
2: like, my sister sleeps over, sometimes I can get really neurotic and she'll, like, put a cup down and I'll, like, race to put a coaster under. And it's oh, like, I get that.
3: I totally it's like, get that. like, why do I even do that? It's like... Yeah. But like in New York, it's like, you don't even like, you don't even really have your people up to your apartment. Like if you do, it's like annoying. Like I remember like going to visit friends and I'm like, I'll just wait downstairs. They're like, no, I'm not ready. Come up. And I'm like, Oh, it's going to be some piece of shit. (laughs) Like, I don't want to go in your apartment. Like that's the beauty of living here is we don't have to hang out in each other's homes. Let's just go do something. Exactly. Okay. Let's keep going. Take us out. Okay. Over at Charlotte's, Trey's good ideas just keep coming. He picked her up a gift, a cardboard baby he found at a novelty shop. Now they do have a baby. Charlotte doesn't take the weird joke well and tells Trey not to talk to her. I love that scene. I know.
2: I brought you something and it's a cardboard baby and her response is just perfect.
3: It It was so horrifying. It's
2: just such a like perfect example of somebody just like so not getting it.
0: It's also, it's fun to see Trey, like, doing bits. Cause oh, that's my not... God.
3: I, I totally agree.
0: Because also just Kyle McLaughlin well, but also just Kyle McLaughlin is so funny, so it's fun that he got, like, a nice little, like, <laughs> let's do a weird cardboard baby thing.
3: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> and he does like, it Get is...
3: it? It's a cardboard baby. It's, it's like, there's like, no yeah, joke
0: to Yeah, I get it. And the he does i mean we'll get to it but like he does that amazing thing at the at the dinner where he's like guys this is funny and it's you incredible. all need to be on my it's, side it's he's like carrie so you're good.
3: funny it's yeah. also fun oh my god it's also
2: really funny when people who aren't funny like try and do something funny oh, and they yes. like literally 100%. doesn't make any sense in any like world or planet it's How also like lachlan
3: is the i think he's the best actor on he's the
0: incredible show. he's amazing it's also like Given the way that this joke went over, like, he's done joking. Like, this is the sort of thing that, like, just ends that for a person.
2: <laughs> That's the last joke he'll ever tell. Ever 100%, tell, yeah. It's, it's the last, like, novelty, novelty-based joke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's so, not going to that novelty shop anymore.
2: Yeah. No more cardboard-based humor. So Miranda takes Carrie's advice and sets up a hookup with Walker. Over at her place, Samantha throws Richard's rose away. She's not going to let herself like him. And Carrie heads home, ready to make up, but Aiden's still pissed. She heads to Charlotte's dinner with the rest of the
3: Core Four. The dinner starts out fine until Trey stops in to see what Carrie, Miranda, and Samantha think of his cardboard baby bit. Nobody's on his side, and he and Charlotte start yelling, so all the girls leave. Samantha heads to Richard's, where he sets up a romantic rooftop dinner for them. But she makes it clear she does not want a relationship. She just wants sex. He is game, and they strip and take a non-committed skinny dip in his pool. Also, like, Shaw Day was playing. It was so dorky. It was so dorky. I loved it, though. Oh, I'm obsessed. obsessed. I'm like, this is kind of my dream. It's also interesting cuz it's like,
2: well, I haven't been sexual since COVID, so I don't even remember how you have sex or what it even how how it works anymore. <laughs> but I, there's also something so funny about the way Samantha's like literally will just like the second she sees someone like grabs their cock. It's like I know. It's just there's like no. It's like even if you did just want to be like fuck buddies with someone it's just There's like the light switch No, it's like it all. zero
3: to 60. Absolutely. It's There's so no like foreplay. Crazy. I mean, there is foreplay, but her foreplay- Is there? It gets, it's like pretty much straight to sex. Yeah. She's almost like a disgusting,
2: like grab them. She like grabs them by the pussy basically.
3: Yeah. She kind of, yeah. It's like when you like hook up with a guy when you're like, like in your twenties and they like, don't understand the concept of like, you have to like warm a woman Ew, up. It's disgusting. And they just kind of like shove their fingers and you're Ugh. like, okay, well that's, you're skipping a few steps. That's, to that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's a shame. That's a shame. You don't know how this works. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of like a disgusting yeah. molester. No, she's like, he's like, I made you dinner. She's like, show me your dick. I mean, she's so disgusting. It's so funny. It's so hilarious. Also, there I is something so I don't know what it is, but I I have such a fantasy with like rooftop pools at night. And and I think it's because when I was a kid, did you see that movie Hackers? Did you ever watch that? I don't remember it. It was with Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller. And there's a scene at the end of the movie, they like make out underwater on, in like a rooftop pool. And I remember as a, whatever, like 11 or 12 or 13, however old I was when I saw it, I remember just being like, that is so cool to like, be on a rooftop with like the guy you like so yeah i'm very nostalgic awesome you know it looked amazing and
2: yeah being on a rooftop in new york and seeing all the buildings and lights it's probably great heaven yeah i mean it's pretty ballsy to be like don't even talk to me don't even let me eat like one shrimp (laughs) just like (laughs) (laughs) just right to it
3: right straight to sex it's also
2: like wow she's so she must really like him if she's worried that like 30 minutes of light chit chat is going to like emotionally scandalize her.
3: I also love how like she walks like I, she like drops her. I think she's wearing a robe. Am I yeah. remembering that correctly? And she like drops her robe and then she like kind of walks off and she still has her heels on. I feel like Samantha loves being naked and high heels. Her body's so good. Are those real boobs or fake? I couldn't tell. Oh, I think her boobs are real. Are they? Yeah, I think so. They're great. Yeah, they're very perky. I did this want also, a little more penis
2: because they kind of like showed a little bit. I was like, I always want more penis. on If shows. you're going to just like show it, then
0: show
3: it. Show
0: it. I thought I thought the penis was so interesting just because this whole episode <laughs> is hyping up this penis. Oh, and yeah. And then we get so little penis. Uh, yeah, so no, little,
3: I just want a full see boogie nights. Like, let me just yeah. take it in. Let We're me drink told it in.
0: This is this is the this is penis. the penis.
3: And you yeah. get an long insert shot, amazing. and then
0: James Remar dives into the pool. It's like, I
3: know. I'm like, long, pink, amazing? More like short, <laughs> show me more. I didn't see it. <laughs> snap, snap, snap. It was snap. like they were swinging Biatch. the camera
0: by, and a penis was in the background. Yeah, bathroom. I know. Oh, I'm
3: like, come on. Also, this is sex in the city. Why is it that women get to be naked? Like, every that's time a woman I'm is saying. naked, a man should be naked five times as much.
0: Oh, that's so true.
2: Oh, there's something really funny that we didn't really, we kind of glossed over, which is at the dinner with Trey and and charlotte there's a really funny scene where um charlotte says oh we don't argue we're wasps we don't yell in front of each other yeah and then she rips him a new one and it's absolutely hysterical um and basically watching them fight kind of traumatizes carrie and makes her think oh man i gotta apologize so she goes back to her apartment and apologizes to aiden Charlotte, meanwhile, throws Trey his cardboard baby while he sleeps in the guest room. Miranda has a sex she was hoping for with Walker, and Samantha and Richard share a dance. A non-horny, actually romantic dance.
3: The guy likes her, and he wants her to like him. And Carrie makes it home, where she has one more talk with Aiden.
1: Buddy, I need you to do something. What? I've never lived with anybody before you, so I don't know how to say this correctly, but I need you to not talk to me for one whole hour. I know that sounds pretty selfish, but it's just what I need. Is that okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, good. We don't have any other rooms yet, so I'm gonna close these and then it's like I'm not here. For one whole hour, I'm not here. Thanks. I love you.
2: Basically, they're just both in their own space, and she's realizing she misses him in this long musical pause.
1: (sighs) That's the thing about needs. Sometimes when you get them met, you don't need them anymore. That is such an awesome scene. I think that
2: is so. Yeah, that's just such a cool. That's like such a good healthy version of like dealing with a problem I think I
3: know and I love that that's like the end of the episode it's such a it leaves such a like nice like feel good yeah and it's also just uh, like the whole thing there's a lot of fighting in this episode
2: yeah and it's all about growing pains and like learning to like share your life with someone and you know I think it's really relatable about like how do you not hurt your partner's feelings when you need some alone time
3: yes how do you guys deal with
2: that you and Sky you both both are in long-term serious relationships. Yeah, like, has this ever happened where you feel a little like you need space, but you don't know how to do it without hurting someone's feelings?
0: Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe early on that was probably more of a a, a big issue, but but now it's like we're very, at least for me and Kristen, it's pretty easy to to do our own thing if either right. of us wants to. Like yeah. you're kind of you, you don't you worry know about when the other... hurting
2: anyone's feelings.
0: Yeah, I think definitely early on that is probably a concern. Where you you also have that thing, especially early in a relationship, where you kind of want to be around the person a little bit more constantly because there's that like insecurity about like do they are are they still into it? Like, right. what where are we at at any given point? And right. then when you're years and years in, uh, it's a little bit like um, you don't have that same anxiety anymore, so you can do your own thing if if you want to and need to. Of course, there's like communication yeah. with that, but yeah
2: that's interesting. What do you think, James? Have you ever had moments where you're like, Oh my God, I, we live together, but I just need a minute and I don't want to be rude. Like,
3: yeah, I think at the beginning of quarantine, it was really hard because, um, Dan and I, for the most part are not home at the same time. And most of the time we're just not home at all. Like we're both working outside of the house, but yeah, I think at the beginning of quarantine, I definitely was like, I like, I would hear him doing his podcast in the other room And I'd be, like, trying to write. And then, obviously, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, I was feeling so distracted. So, like, it was distraction on top of already feeling distracted. Um, Yeah, I think that we just... I think Dan, he gets it, though. Because, like, from the beginning of our relationship... I'm an only child. He grew up in a very, very crowded house um, with one bathroom and three brothers, and everyone was kind of on top of each other. So I feel like it's been a pretty inherent understanding when that's, I'm like, I need space. I could say, say it pretty frankly. Like, I need some space. And, and then he he'll gets be like, it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Awesome. Well, that's nice. Also, our apartment's pretty conducive to space because all of our the way our apartment's laid out, like all the doors kind of like section off different areas of the house. So it's like, it's very easy to just kind of like, like our bedroom is on the opposite side of our living room. So if one person needs to like work in the back half of the house, it's very easy to have like the front half and not bother each other. So that's good. You know, just boring logistics of my apartment layout for everyone listening. Give us Um, the square footage. Yeah. I mean, guys,
2: (laughs) but I think she brings up something that I like a lot, which is that like, which I think is relatable. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an issue of living together and needing space. But I think it's this idea of like, if you feel like you can tell your partner something and state your needs, just it's, even the act, almost
3: all of that, just yes. the act of doing it yep. is like relaxing. Oh, a hundred percent. If totally. just being able to say it and have someone hear you is like half, half the battle. half of it. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah.
2: It's like, as soon as she said it, then she went in there and it's okay to also just take
3: the full hour, but it's almost just like, Getting stuff off your chest is what feels so good. I think. Oh my god! What if like she went into the because she just goes into this curtained off room and the curtains are transparent. What if she went in there and then he just, just started like, jacked jerking off off. so hard and just like screaming
0: big? <laughs> Finally, scene.
2: just Finally, screaming. Alone big, 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 Finally, big.
0: private time to crank it in, in the living room.
3: Wait, private time I to would... crank it is so funny. Private time to crank it. Oh <laughs> my god! Hashtag private time to crank it
0: on the leather chair he made.
3: Right. <laughs> that's she, how he like, breaks I, it
0: in. He's like, <laughs> so I love he love his new pieces. Yeah. He's like, I love <laughs> this chair. It's great for cranking it. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs>
3: that's, that's my cranking chair. So that's Daddy's cranking chair. Oh, my
2: God. Daddy's <laughs> cranking chair is so amazing. <laughs>
3: oh, my God. I'm Gosh obsessed. darn, y'all.
2: Well, the episode closes with Carrie throwing away Aiden's plant. She was right. It didn't have a damn chance.
3: And uh, now we have the question of the episode.
1: I used to think those people who sat alone at Starbucks writing on their laptops were pretentious posers. Now I know. They're people who have recently moved in with someone. As I looked around, I wondered how many of them were mid-fight, like myself. The hard thing about fighting in relationships as opposed to Madison Square Garden, no referee... There's no one to tell you which comments are below the bell or when to go to your separate corners. As a result, someone usually gets hurt and it seems the closer a couple gets and the more stuff they have between them, the harder it is to figure out exactly why they're yelling when it comes to relationships. I couldn't help but wonder, what are we fighting for?
2: I know why I really like this because I can really relate to being in a fight and then wondering if what I said was appropriate, if wondering if what they said was appropriate, I I spend a lot of time like talking to my therapist before I have a conversation that I think could become a fight with someone. I always like call my therapist and be like, Hey, I think I need to have this conversation with someone. Can you help me think of like ways to say things that are like non-attacking? And, um, but sometimes you, you don't always get to plan when you're going to have a fight. Sure. Um, Not that I ever try and plan a fight, but sometimes things just happen, but I just really relate to this, her questioning of like, just knowing how to fight. And, and that's been on my mind a lot lately, actually. Really? Yeah. Cause there's people in my life that I love and I think it's sometimes really hard for us to have certain conversations and I'm just trying super hard to practice like nonviolent communication and like, yeah, be really, really just focus on my own feelings and not attack. And, you know, there's lots of people in my life who I love very much who are terrible at communicating, who are very violent communicators and, Mm. you know, just learning how to navigate a fight. So it's successful is definitely something that's something I'm very interested in.
3: Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily, I guess with this question. Yeah. Just, I think that it's so hard to know. Um, it's so hard to know, like, in a relationship, it's like you you air all your feelings and then you go and you say you're sorry. But then it's like, yeah, but there was truth in what you said. So that's always, like, the hard part is, like, there's residual. It's like, yes, I I apologize for saying what I said in a certain way. But then it's like, right, but it's so hard to just get your feelings across and, like, have them be heard and for everyone to feel good at the end of it. It's like, fights are just so interesting. It's interesting how things escalate it's interesting how like buttons are pushed and especially when you love the person, it always feels more, um, yeah, it's interesting how it just gets heated. You would think it's almost like antithetical. It's like, you would think that like, because you love the person that it would just be easier. Like there wouldn't be a need for a fight because you guys could just like openly say your piece, but it is interesting how buttons get pushed and things just kind of like heat up. I think it really also depends on like what people's
2: styles are and like, what people's communication styles are because like something I've been really trying to do is like, if my feelings are hurt, like, I guess my, a, a lot of my closest relationships are friendships. So I think of it in the con, like for me, this thing, I mean, I fought a lot with Lee, but I had yeah. a, I had an interesting, you guys fought a lot with Lee. Yeah. Sadly oh. at the end when mm-hmm. I was, when my feelings were hurt all the time. Um,
0: mm.
2: but, uh, I had something come up recently with a close friend where I was hurt about something Mm -hmm. and it went so well because when I brought up my feelings, I did things, I feel like I brought it up. I said, I think you're an amazing friend. You do so much for me. Like, I Mm. really appreciate you, but this one thing hurt me. And Mm. I think because I like laid the groundwork and was really appreciative, that person was able to like totally apologize and like totally validate me and then we could just easily move on and it wasn't a fight
3: oh that's amazing yeah
2: whereas i think if i was like you never do this you always do that you're not a good friend right and i think that is the i statements yeah and also just like give somebody the benefit of the doubt like sure generally you're great you're great mostly (laughs) you're awesome because i think something (laughs) that some people do when they're hurt is like they make it sound like all you do is fuck up and then that oh totally that puts people really on the defense you know
3: yes 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 That's a great point. So even
2: just learning to be like, if you're going to bring something up that you want someone to work on, just being truthful about the things you do appreciate. Like, you're so good about this. I never have to tell you to do this. I really appreciate it. But could you please be a little more conscious of this? You know? Yeah. Just giving people props, you know, as much as possible. Just, it just neutralizes people, you know? Sure.
0: That makes a lot of sense. You got to do that compliment sandwich. Oh, the compliment sandwich. That's a great point. very helpful.
2: Yeah, because it's kind of like, no matter what you have to say and how legit your feelings are, if you present them in a aggressive way, it will be completely fall on deaf ears and nothing will get achieved. It's like, even totally. if what you're upset about is a thousand percent legit, it's almost like the way you bring it up is more important than the thing itself, I think.
3: Oh, it totally is. Yeah. It's all about like tact. I think so. And just and- like taking care because there's certain ways of bringing something up to someone where it's like literally just
2: impossible to respond right. without attack like right
0: because also there's that degree to which like if you have like a legitimate argument with someone they can also not want to hear a point that they might agree with that you're bringing to them and that can that can make it worse like there can be that like you dig in your heels because you don't want to hear this thing that you're not ready to deal with that your friend is noticing and bringing to you and make it can make it so much worse
3: Yes. Okay guys. Well, our final segment is I'm horny for sex in the city is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for Rose. What are you horny for right now? I'm horny for this Korean foot exfoliator called baby foot. Oh my
2: God. (laughs) And it's $25 and you get it off the internet and it comes in the mail and it's this weird little, um, like glove for your feet and you put your feet in this weird jelly goo. Oh my God. It's like the Borghese gloves that Miranda uses for your
3: feet. Yeah.
2: And you have to be really careful because once they're in it, you could really easily fall. So as soon as you put them in, just sit down and you sit down for an hour and you watch TV show, you rinse it off. Nothing happens for a week. And then a week or two later, your feet fully, you just can peel them off
3: no. And
2: you just like peel your dead skin off. It's so satisfying.
3: Oh my God. So I need that. In my it's life. like absolute heaven. It's like, oh if you're God. into like
2: peeling off dead skin, popping zits, anything like that, that this is, is your heaven. Yes.
3: Oh God. Yeah. And
2: I can't go to a pedicure right now. I, I will. I won't. So it's a good way yeah. to get, take off your calluses. And stuff.
3: Oh, that's such a great, Oh, that's a really good so horny baby for. foot
2: babies. Baby what about you, foot. Jamie? What are you horny for?
3: Um, obviously watch
2: 70 hours. I know that's why I'm
3: like, I want to mention one that I have. Oh, I am horny for the Patton Oswalt's wife, Michelle McNamara's, um, docuseries. I'll be gone in the dark on HBO. It's a docuseries. It's a true crime series Mm. about, um, Patton Oswalt's late wife was, um, I guess sort of she was a writer and a journalist and sort of an armchair detective, um, but a successful one. She actually like cracked cases. And um, yeah, so I I don't want to talk about it at all. Don't give it away. I I also don't know the story. And I know that a lot of people do. So I even in talking about it, I'm like, Skylar, if you know the story, like, do not say a word, because I'm obsessed with it. And I Oh, have you just started it? I'm yes, I'm doing my best to avoid spoilers um, because the story has been out there for a while, even though it's just now a documentary. So, point is, it's excellent. It is so well directed, and um, it's just juicy. It's like, oh man, it's what is it? Okay, I'm gonna watch that. It's on Netflix. Excellent. No, it's on HBO. You'll love it. Great, I can't wait. You'll love it. Everyone I know is like, oh, I can't wait for the next episode. And there's one tonight. Ah, so I'm gonna watch it. It's it's excellent. So yeah. Um, it is fabulous. And also, I mean, I already shouted it out in the beginning, but Unsolved Mysteries has been rebooted on Netflix and it's so good. Yeah, to watch it. So again, if you're like Jones and for some true crime, oof, it's really. Yummy. Well, I'll
2: say another thing is like my back took like a turn where I was just so emotional. I couldn't watch anything good. So I watched 36 hours of Love Island, UK. And I would say if you're sick or you're not feeling well or you just don't have the brain capacity to like hook into something that's like, Sure. I mean, this show is like reading a People magazine in a doctor's office. It Ugh. just hits the buttons.
3: That's great. Yeah. I need to watch it. Yeah, it's fun. The accents are amazing.
2: Bye. Yeah. he's literally buzzing. He's like literally yeah, yeah, buzzing yeah. right now, mate. It's like so insane.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, I gotta accent watch it. Heaven.
2: Okay, well, I'm really glad to see you and I absolutely love you. Okay,
3: love you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help But Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBWpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty.
0: Bye. Bye.
3: Forever.